The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. The principle is, if Borei Olam wants you to have it, you're going to have it regardless. And nobody will be able to take it away from you. And we believe if it's meant, it's going to come to you. And all the winds in the world cannot stop something that belongs to you. If you have a penny in your pocket, that means God wants it there. If you found a penny in the street, and you put it in your pocket, Borei Olam wants that penny in your pocket. It's yours. And nobody can take it. The Vanish High brings a, it's almost a comical story, but it's a story that he says is a true story that took place in Yerushalayim many years ago, of a fellow called Abraham. Abraham was a craftsman, he worked with wood. And he was a wealthy man. And he amassed a large amount of wealth. And all his wealth he had in his house, in his private vault. One day Abraham went on a trip with his wife. As they went on a trip, robbers came. Guy came, broke into his house, and took all his wealth. Abraham came home, saw his house was ransacked, his life, wealth was taken. What is he going to do? This is what Borei Olam wants. Adonai natan v'adonai lakach yishem Adonai miborach. God gave, God took, let the name of God be blessed. He remained strong in his religion. The thief went, took his money, and he went to En Gedi. Got to En Gedi, and as he was climbing the mountains over there to count his money, he had a massive heart attack, and he died on the spot. He died with the money right on his chest. Came another fellow who went touring that day in En Gedi by the name of Ephraim. Ephraim saw a guy dead there. Met mitzvah. This is from the biggest mitzvah to see a dead guy and bury him. So he dug a grave right on the spot. The law says right where you find him, you bury him. And he buried him. As he was burying him, he noticed the guy has a whole sack of money. Thank you, Borei Olam. This is what the rabbis teach us. If you do a mitzvah, you get paid back. I didn't know it so fast. The fruits are in this world. I went wild. He took the money home, got to his house. That night he put the money under his bed and he went to sleep. He had a dream. In the dream they told him, that's not your money. Give the money back to the one it belongs to. He got up the next morning and for the first couple of minutes he was startled by the dream. And then he said that we learned in the Gemara Berachot, the Halamot, the Shagi, the Beru. You're not supposed to believe in dreams. They're sketch. They told us they're all false. You thought about something in the day, you think about it at night. Leave it. So he left it. He had the dream again, but uh, he was already believing with the opinion that says we don't go with dreams. His father sent a message to him that he was very sick. He needs him to come take care of him before he dies. So he was worried to go to his father's house. What would she do with the money? So he went and took the money, went to his garden. He had a big tree. Made a hole in the tree, put the money in the tree, sealed the tree up. Nobody could see it. He went to his father. That night there was a storm in the area where Ephraim lived. And all the trees in his garden were uprooted. And they all started to float away. 
came a wood merchant, saw a big jazz tree like this, there's a big tree over there, I get a lot of money for this. So I went and took the tree and brought it to Yerushalayim. Anybody want to buy a big tree? Comes Avraham, the craftsman with trees. He says, yeah, we're talking about, of course, uh, this is a genuine piece of wood over here. I want it. He pays the money for it, takes the tree home, Dah! he breaks it open, sure enough, the money's right there. Thank you, Borel. You brought back my lost object. He's praising Borel. Unbelievable. That was a, a big, uh, big miracle. What did Abraham learn from that? Borel wants you to have that money. All the thieves in the world could come, but he'll turn over the whole world and make a storm and make everything happen. No miracles, but it's all natural occurrences. But nothing in that story so far is miraculous. It's all just a chain of events that subsequently happened one after another for all things happening at the right time. And anyway, this guy Ephraim, the skin, he came home, his God is all ruined. All his wealth, all his dreams, and he became a honey. So he had to go look for a job. So Ephraim goes to Yerushalayim, he's looking for a job. This guy now, Abraham, just got all his wealth back, so he was now reinvesting in his business. So he needed workers, so he puts a sign up here, we need workers. So Ephraim comes to Abraham and says, I need the uh, work. Okay, come on. Telling him the story one time, I was uh, my money was lost. As he's talking, so Ephraim says, "Yeah, I know with the tree." He said, "I didn't know about the tree. I didn't even tell you about the tree yet. How do you know the end of the story?" He says, uh, "Who do you think the guy was? I was the guy. I had the tree, mashim <laughs> or that tree. It's the worst thing in my life. I was there. But all I wanted you to have it." So Ephraim says, "What?" You were the messenger through God brought back my money? I want to give you something. No, I don't want to handle me favor. Your money's yours. Bad luck. <laughs> Keep your money. No, I want to give you. No, you don't want to take it. Okay. Abraham had an idea. Abraham had a daughter. He's getting married. They were making Shiva bin Ahwan. Ephraim had a vacation. So they were sending him off. Abraham tells his wife, listen. Make a bread, make a chali for Ephraim uh, to eat on the way. And put a hundred coins, gold coins in the chali. And give it to him. Open the bread, see the one in the egg, one knows. Body Allah gave the gift. Okay. There you go, he puts the hundred coins in the bread. Ephraim, enjoy your vacation. Uh, take some bread. And he makes it like, no, oh, here's a piece. Here, take this one. Okay, he takes it. He's going outside. So as he's going to buy the tax collectors outside the city, the task collector sees a big loaf of bread over there. He says, "Well, that looks like a good loaf. I'll buy it from you. You like it? Hey, give me, give me three dollars." Takes it and gives him the bread. Turned out that tax collector was invited to the Shiva Berachot. And the olden days, the custom was everyone used to bring some food to the Shiva Berachot. <laughs> so the tax collector comes to the Shiva Berachot. Comes to Abraham. Abraham, very nice, beautiful. What did you bring us? Sorry, Nehila. Sure, I didn't have a chance. My wife was away. I couldn't drink. I bought you a loaf of bread. He looks at the bread. Oh, <laughs> That's the bread. That's the bread. What a mazal this Ephraim has. And what a mazal this Abraham has. Oh, Ephraim comes back from his vacation. Ephraim, what happened to that bread that I gave you? Ah, what bread? I sold it to the tax collector. He says, do you know what was in that bread? He says, here's the bread. Open it. He hacks it open. The coins start coming out. I'm wanted you to have the money. I know I shouldn't have taken it. I know what's here. That's good. I didn't take it in the first place. It's yours. Again, you see, if it's yours, it's yours. No matter what happened, you could put it in the guy's pocket. 
You can say, please take it. But there's a boomerang. If it's yours, it's just going to come right back to you. And then to the story, Abraham, he really wanted to give him the money, so what happened was, he, he says, you take my daughter in marriage, and once you took his daughter, your mazal will change, and I'll be able to give you. He gave him a third of his wealth, and lived happily ever after. There was a ma'aseh written in one of the papers a couple of years back. Famous ma'aseh, you must have heard it, in Switzerland. Switzerland, there was a fellow that was a very wealthy man. He tell the story over a lot. He had millions of dollars. And he didn't have any heirs. And he left in his will that this money that I have should be distributed to the most patriotic citizen of Switzerland. So once the government got hold of this will, and the judges and the court got a hold of the terminology of his will, the most patriotic citizen of Switzerland. What is the most patriotic citizen? How do you define that? So one judge said, it's the one that pays the most taxes. That makes sense. Another one said, it's the one that served in the army for the longest period of time. He fought for his country with the most medals. They went back and forth. It was in the courts deciding how to how to classify who the most loyal man of Switzerland is. Until they all came to the conclusion that the most loyal man in Switzerland is the man that brought to the world the most Swiss nationals. Meaning the one that has the most children. Because he has populated Switzerland, has created Swiss nationals. So they went and they checked and they looked. And who's going to have the most children? It's obviously going to be some Hasid, some religious guy. And they found some religious guy sitting in the Kolel with 14 children, miskin, living on the Amazon, living very simple life. And all of a sudden, one day the government comes to his house, and here's a check for $4 billion. <laughs> Where does this come from? Uh, you're Mabruk, you got it, from this guy. Who's the guy? I don't know the guy. We don't know the guy. He just said the most patriotic citizen, and you're the guy. What does that tell you? Me, that tells you if it's earmarked for you and your name is on the ticket in Shamayim, so then Borei Olam has a lot of messages. So, you know, what we think we're working, we're trying to. Borei Olam will get it here in much more awkward ways than your work. Borei Olam could get it to you regardless of your effort. Right. The famous story that we tell also on the subject of Pitahon. These stories, it's glad to hear these stories. Because then you see already Ashkahatashim. We don't believe in coincidences. There's a Ramban. BJ Ramban. I brought it here. Listen to Ramban. Now, again, none of the stories we told tonight are blatant miracles. They're not open miracles, but you wouldn't argue that these are miracles of nature. Nature, which we call Hateva, if you take Hateva, how much does that equal numerically? Should equal 86. Elohim is also numerically 86. So Hateva has the stamp of God on it. Nature is God. The Goyim invented a fairy tale, another mother goose item, and they called it Mother Nature. So Mother Nature is in 
one word apikorsut. Because Mother Nature is trying to say, you know, there's God, and then there's Mother Nature, as if it's, it's an entity in itself. As if it's a being, as if it's something that's controlled by this fictitious item, fictitious item called Mother Nature. Sheikh and Bechazam. Mother Nature is God, Father Nature is God, everything is God. The Ramban says, what's the Ramban? The end of Parashat Bo. He says like this, his words are tough. Wow. I quote, From the open, blatant miracles that a person will see, meaning these supernatural miracles, the Matan Torahs, the flying on the cart, all those supernatural miracles, Adam Modeh, it should bring a person to the reality, to the hidden miracles to the miracles of your life, to the miracles of nature, to the miracles that are happening every single day without the sea splitting, just the coincidences that happen in life, the mikreh, the happenings, and the way Borei Olam weaves it all together from the open miracles that you know God did. That's an indication that the same God that's doing the open miracles is the God that's doing the, uh, the daily every single day coincidence. Now watch what he says. He says, She'en le'adam helek betorat Moshe Rabbeinu. A person has no share in the Bible of Moses. Ad she'na'amin bechol devarenu u'mikrenu until you believe that every happening in your life she'kulam nisim Everything in your life is miracles. In Bahen Teva. No such thing as Teva. Teva is a no word in our religion. No such thing as nature. Everything that happens is happening from Borei Olam. And it's another chain in the domino effect of a miracle. It's just a hidden miracle. But if a guy has not even both eyes open, even half an eye open, yeah, not even one eye, half an eye open, and he looks at his life, and he sees how he got from here to there, from there to there, and where he's ending up, and he starts thinking, well, automatically he'll come to say that Amban knows exactly what he's talking about, there's no such thing as teva, there's no such thing as nature, I mean, just go think how you found your wife, everybody sure has a story exactly how they found their wife, there's no teva in that, that's crazy, Everybody think if they all bought a house, think of how they bought their first house, the Teva, think of the miracles that happened, how they ended up getting it, that they weren't going to get it, they got it. There's miracles all over. How you got your job, how you ended up in this class. Go figure out the miracles over there. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing here. In any event, in any event, Yeramban says if a person believes in coincidence, you hear that word, oh, hey, what a coincidence. I'm only what a coincidence. <laughs> you see a guy that you didn't see in 50 years and you were thinking about him yesterday and all of a sudden, boom, you thought about it, boom, he appears in front of you the next day. So the reaction is, it's a small world. Wrong, it's a big world, but there's God in the world. 
the small world, and he said the small world. Listen, a, a fairy tale. Edgar Allan Poe, you give a pasuk from him. It's a small world, and that's it. A picosuit. Coincident? What are odds? Unbelievable. You believe it? No, I don't believe. It. I believe. It. Okay, next. So over here, over here, over here, you see. Over here you see a big, uh, over here you see a big sword. You see a big principle over here. You also see this And everybody has a story like that. You were thinking about one guy, and the next day you saw everything that this happens. That's it's almost a miracle. It's over the odds it happens. There's a story told in our family about my father's grandfather. My father's grandfather, His name was Abraham Assis. They used to call him Syrian Sa'asite. They used to call him 6 o'clock. Why they call him 6 o'clock? Because he used to stand erect. He used to stand very straight. If you look at the, your watch at 6 o'clock, the hand is standing erect straight on the 12 and the 6. They call him 6 o'clock. At the time, he used to lend money out to people. So he used to lend money out to different people. And he used to take collaterals. So he took collaterals from a person. The guy gave him his, uh, his wife's wedding band. $5,000 loan. $5,000 loan of money. At the time. He gave him the $5,000. He took his wedding band. He went to the vault. He put it in his vault. He left it there. It's doing whatever, how many years? Three, four, five years. My great-grandfather went to the vault shortly thereafter and he saw that the ring is not there. The ring is not there. What is he going to do? Nah, listen, whatever's going to happen. When the guy comes to settle up and pay the debt, that's how we'll, uh, we'll worry about it then. Sure enough, came the day that the debt was done. There's no idea what's going to tell the guy. He lost, as I said, priceless. You, cannot, uh, you can't even replace these things. It's a wedding man. Sentimental value. He went to the boardwalk. He's sitting on the boardwalk. He sees a guy he didn't see in 20 years. The guy comes to sit there. Abraham! He says, unbelievable. Did you read this article in the newspaper? Now, what does it say? There's a clerk in the bank over there that found a diamond ring a couple of years ago. And they're saying if they don't come and claim it by Tuesday, she's going to get it. I don't believe she found an expensive ring. Which bank? The bank over there. That's my bank. That's my ring. That's the ring. Bidiyuki went to the bank that day. He was known in the bank to be a Hashub man. He gave the Simani that day. He got the ring back. A couple of days before the clerk went out according to the law. Sure enough, the next guy comes and says, Oh, by the way, I have the 5,000. Oh, here's your ring back. They're like, nothing happened. Of course, here's your ring back. What are the odds? He decides to go to the boardroom. And Bidiyuki sees a friend that he didn't see in 20 years. And he happened to read the article. And he happened to share the article with him. You read all. You always tell the guy what you just read in the paper. Listen, is that, is that, now, is that any less of a miracle of Kiryat Yansuf? No, there's no difference. <laughs> because splitting of the sea, this is just as risk splitting the sea. But yeah, but he, didn't, he didn't fly, and the other guy didn't uh, swallow fire. And there's no, it's not supernatural of you. Everything happened. But Hateva is Elohim. That's the seal of God. A fellow was once on a train going from uh, domestic traveling from one city to another city. Jewish guy 
and the train, the Amtrak train, something happened, and it stopped. Stopped in between uh, the two cities. So, it's okay, everyone can get off the train, and uh, we're going to try to fix it. You get on the train in two hours, maybe we'll be fixed by then. You can go to the town. So everybody uh, got off the train. This guy got off the train. He had to go to the bathroom. He's in the city over there. He has to go to the bathroom. He sees there's a funeral parlor. So, okay, I must have a bathroom, funeral parlor. He goes in. They tell him, excuse me, sir, you have to sign your name. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying I have to go to the bathroom. He says, excuse me, there's a funeral taking place now. You must sign your name or you can't walk in. He said, okay, it was a course where I have to go to the bathroom. Said, okay, he signs his name. He signs his address, his phone number, everything. What's the difference? I don't know who I am. I'm going to the bathroom. He goes to the bathroom. Two weeks later, he gets a call, Mr. So-and-so. Yeah. You attended the funeral of uh, Mr. So-and-so? No, I don't know who he is. We have your name over here that you're one of the 12 guys that attended the uh, your funeral. How do we have your number? We have everything. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess so. I was, yeah, I, I, I didn't attend the funeral. I'm a, your name is on the list? Yeah, that's my signature. That's you. Okay, uh, please, we need uh, to verify some information. We're sending you a check for $60,000. <laughs> <laughs> he says the guy that died was a wealthy man and he left his will whoever comes to my funeral <laughs> so this guy over here did nothing the train broke he had to go to the test he decided why didn't he go in the bushes by the tracks he goes to the funeral parlor signs his name No, and the guy's arguing I don't want to sign my name he's pushing the money away from him no I don't want it I don't want it. I just want to go to the bathroom. No, sign. The guy calls, did you go to the funeral? No. <laughs> you know what? Push the money away. No, you did go. Your name is up. Here's the check. This is, so does that make sense, that story? Could you figure any of these things over here? This is, but this is natural. A train normally breaks down. People normally have to go to the bathroom. Funerals happen every day. There's nothing abnormal in the story. And when he went home, he didn't tell us why. You can't believe what happened. I went to nothing. I went to Fiorano. Somebody had something. It's nothing abnormal. But that's nature. Nature is a miracle. That's the Hedusha tonight. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.